I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey, everybody, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I am your host, Zalzazane, and with me is my partner, Kim. This week, we'll be discussing Season 1, Episode 3, Sacred Cow, enjoying a delicious Mission of corn burger, and testing our knowledge with trivia. That's right, except we record the trivia first, so that way we can't cheat. All Not right. that I You're need re- it, because I am 6 for 6. And bonus question. Oh, there's a bonus question again? No, no, you did a bonus question last time. You got bonus points. Seven for, the for pull seven. And the passion. How many points do I have? We you have seven, and I have point five. five. <laughs> I'll put our current totals in the description for the podcast, then I'll update it on the next one. As we already mentioned, this is season one, episode three. It is called Sacred Cow. It originally aired on January 23rd, 2011. It was directed by Jennifer Coyle, written by Lauren Bouchard, Jim Dotrieve, and Nora Smith. The average IMDb rating is 7.6. So better than the last one. Slightly. Onto the synopsis. Bob is due to celebrate the restaurant's 100,000 burger. When a controversial documentary filmmaker named Randy starts filming his new documentary outside the restaurant and ties a cow named Melissa outside the restaurant. Randy challenges Bob, making him choose between killing the cow and turning it into a hamburger or letting her live. So the episode opens up with our classic theme song. The store next door is Rent Reduced, crime scene special with police tape and bullet holes in the windows. And the exterminator van is Rats All Folks again. This van has taken the bronze, silver, and the gold medal so far. I wonder if they're going to come up with something better soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious as to when that changes. Because it's interesting to me that they keep coming up with next door buildings, but can't come up with another pun for killing rodents slash bugs. Van Watch. Yeah, this is Van Watch 2022. I guess 2011, though, really, because it's an old episode. But we will not look forward. We will only see it as they come. If we see it, it will come? Yes. All right. We descend into the basement, which we've seen before. Bob and children are in the walk-in freezer. Bob is on the brink of making a very important announcement. The kids are on the brink of being unamused and uninterested, (laughs) per usual. Bob announces that in the box of meat he is holding is the 100,000 burger from Bob's Burgers. You know, I did some math on this. Uh Uh-huh. Assuming that they sell about 15 burgers a day as they haven't been that busy in general, and they're open seven days a week. That will put them at 450 burgers average per month, which is 5,400 burgers per year. And to get to 100,000 would take 18 years. I don't think that's accurate. That's the math, baby. 15 burgers a day is like nothing for a restaurant. Pretty much every episode we see is very slow. But five times 15 is how much? 700? 75. That means they make $75 a day. That's That can't be right. We have yet to see an episode where they pay their rent on time. That's fair. All right. So Bob's announcing the burger. The kids are wanting to touch it. You know, I would hate that. Yeah. They want to touch it. They want to feel it between their toes. They want to slap those patties around. And I would hate that because my hands get gunky and I hate that. You hate gunky hands? I hate gunky hands. What do you do when you make the burger of the day? I keep it in the freezer bag and do all my mixing in the bag. Alright. After Bob makes his announcement, each of the kids also have an announcement to make. Tina's bra is chafing. She has lots of itching issues. Gene announces that he loves house music and then proceeds to dance in the freezer. This will definitely come up throughout the episode. It will, yeah. And Louise mentions that she is going to be getting her gun license. 
Finally. Finally. It's a good joke. Louise is probably, what do we decide, seven or eight years old? And <laughs> Jean makes the comment about, yeah, I can't believe they made you wait three days for it. Definitely a critique on American society. And Bob loudly announces to the children to stop stealing his thunder. Belinda walks in with a stack of neatly folded papers, which houses the banner for this 100,000th burger. My favorite part is that it's printed on one of those really old printers. A dot matrix printer? Yeah, the dot matrix printer with the spotted edges that you rip off. Uh, it gave me a lot of flashbacks to the old computer that we have in the basement uh, that was attached to such a printer. And I would print out my D&D notes on it. Get some real tactile memories in there. Of yeah. Ripping off the side paper. Well, the side paper, the little edgings, and then you would take the edgings and you would do like accordion folds and make like little snakes. I like, <laughs> I like how Linda also talks about how it was printed on the old printer because we were off big time. It really gives credence to my 18 years theory. We cut to Bob upstairs in the kitchen where he's cooking a hamburger, asking if it is the 100,000 burger. And they have like this weird energy. It's almost like Bob is flirting with the meat a little, where they're calling each other cute. You know, this episode really kind of opens up Bob's more intimate side. It really gives us some insight into his character in ways that was unexpected for a 2011 cartoon. You're, I guess you're first commenting on the fact that he's flirting with a burger, which sort of opens up to his other interests. And while he's flirting with the hamburger, a news crew shows up. Oh, wait, no, it's documentary filmmakers. Randy emerges. Now, fun fact, Randy's voice actor is Paul F. Tompkins, who a lot of people might know as Mr. Peanut Butter from BoJack Horseman. And even fewer people might know is that he is Jib Janine of the Jupiter Janines from Sparks, Nevada, Marshall on Mars. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure that's a, a thing. It just sounded like a lot of words mushed together. It, it really does. But if you listen to the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast, it is wild and probably one of my greatest joys of serialized podcasting. Don't advertise other podcasts on our podcast. <laughs> Hey, if I shut them out, they'll shut us out. That's kidding. how it works. So Randy steps up to Bob and talks to, you know, hey, I heard you're about to steal your 100,000th burger. Steal his 100,000th burger? Make. What did I say? Steal? steal. You're about to make your 100,000th burger. And I just wanted to shake your hand because you have blood on your hands, which is just a ketchup packet. Tomato blood. Tomato blood and gore, which I really like. It just speaks to immediately how dramatic Randy is because he's a very dramatic character. I mean, Randy, Paul F. Tompkins is known for his dramatic characters. Are you going to mention the Mars Space Odyssey Twilight <laughs> Fantasy Jip Jonifer J. John Jameson thing again? Kim, you know you're not supposed to promote other podcasts on your podcast. I, this is not a podcast. I just smushed a bunch of words together. Like you. Aww. All right. So there's uh, tomato blood all over Bob's hand now. And uh, I'm going to force you to face your victims. So then he presents Melissa, who is due to be processed in five days unless Bob spares their life. And that's when we get introduced to the cow and down. I don't really know why they had to do that because cow, I guess the cow, 
don't. Yeah. So in that, just as they're introducing the countdown, Randy puts forth the assertion that one cow equals one burger, as he says that Bob has killed almost 100,000 cows. Oh, that means he kills 15 cows a day. When really, you get about 1,600 burger patties out of one steer, so. That's what you're Googling. Thank you for putting me on blast. Hey man, if you're going to Google during the podcast, I'm going to call you out. You didn't even let me look at my notes when we were doing trivia. Oh no, I wouldn't let you look at your notes where the answers are to the questions I was asking you? Dang! (laughs) Well, I wrote them down. I figured that's the same thing, right? You got to write them down in your brain, not on the paper. So the count... Count down. I don't know why this episode has so many hard things to pronounce. Hundred, hundred thousand burger. And this is happening first thing in the morning too. Yeah, it's pretty great. There's a shot down there too where you see Linda just going buck wild on the meat grinder, which plays into the next scene where Bob goes, no blood on my hands. And Linda immediately appears in the doorway of the restaurant covered in black gore. <laughs> The kids are sarcastically surprised that there are cows in the hamburgers. Louise exclaims, murdered cows in our hamburgers. And Jean goes, and you made us part of it. You make me sick. Man, these kids, they just go wild on every opportunity. So much fun. I feel like if I had a dad, I would probably have done that. (laughs) I make that really dark. I don't know how to respond to that. Well, my brothers and I used to do it to each other. I figured if I had a dad around, I would have probably done the same thing. My dad was cool. My dad's not cool. You did the same thing to Max, though. That's true. I do do it to my stepdad. I do do. Foreshadowing. Um, Linda sees Melissa and exclaims very loudly, Hello, Blondie! In case it's unclear, Melissa is wearing a wig. Melissa, the cow, is wearing a wig. Uh, Linda exclaims very excitedly, Hello, Blondie! Goes to pet the cow and goes, Oops, I got meat on you. Dead cow and live cow. Gross. I love how excited Linda is about cows because it speaks to me on a very deep level. I love cows. They're one of my favorite animals and they also taste delicious. You know, if you could ride cows, they would be the perfect animal. Because they're slow? I mean, part of that with them having to go faster. If you could ride them like horses, they would be the ultimate animal. Because you can eat them, you can drink milk from them, and then also ride them? Yeah. A thousand percent. That was your logic? Yep. Randy exclaims that he stops at nothing to expose the injustice of animals. Uh, And then Linda asks, is that a wig glued on? And Randy says it's dehumanize her. And that's the only way that it would stay on. I like how uh, Linda exclaims that it's cute. And Jean quickly adds, I've seen cuter. She's a four at best. And this is where we find out that Melissa isn't even a female cow. If you haven't already come to terms with that, Melissa is a steer wearing a blonde wig with a lady name. Now, I'm not here to like determine what the cow's gender is, but its sex is definitely male. Uh, As we quickly find out uh, when Randy asks, well, then how do you explain the utter and we cut to Tina checking it out with suggestive music and her oh utter wow, season one is not shying away from Tina's budding sexuality it is not it is not Tina is full on porno porno's not a good word porno concarde <laughs> Yeah, good. Bob tries to get Tina away from it. Randy shows him the bucket of all of whatever came out of that udder. You mean urine? 
I know urine, and that's urine, Jean exclaims. Jean is a delight. I honestly will say this probably about 15,000 times in the course of this podcast, but Jean is one of my favorite characters. He just has no filter. Bob threatens to call animal control to get uh, Randy and his recording crew, his documentary crew, to leave. The kids exclaim, aww, in a sad way, because this is the excitement. One of the things that I query about rewatching the early episodes is that so far, there have been three, so maybe this is a quick judgment, but I'm going to hot take it right now. Every episode has been something shows up and annoys Bob. The first episode, Hugo and Ron show up to annoy Bob because uh, Hugo's in love with Linda. Second episode, Gloria and Ow! show up and annoy Bob. And now we have uh, Randy, the documentary filmmaker, who's here to annoy Bob. I know it changes. I know Bob's the main character called Bob's Burgers, but I'm really looking forward to the episodes that are a little bit more kid centric. I think season one, they're still finding their rhythm, at least in the first few episodes, and introducing the the town and the cast itself. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't doubt that at all. And like, it almost starts next episode because next next episode is the Capoeira episode, which is one of my favorites, and it is very Tina focused with heavy influence of Bob and you do get a taste of all the kiddos in each of the episodes you get to see how diabolical Louise is how awkward Tina is and then how just genuinely delightful Jean is there you go that's twice already I've said it in one episode Jean is delightful three delightful is Jean four Jean watch <laughs> I enjoy the episodes for what they are, but I'm getting to that point where it's starting to wear on me. I want to see something else happen. A little burnt out on Bob. A little burnt out on Bob. So Animal Control shows up. One thing about the person who plays the Animal Control person is it's Brendan Smalls, who, if you used to watch the animated series Home Movies, is the main character. Really? Yep. (laughs) Thanks, Google. I appreciate the Animal Control scene where Animal Controls, do you have the permits? You're renting the storefront. The cows had its shots. Okay, well, see you later. And leaves. He also has got a very small animal control then what's he gonna do with a cow strapped to the top oh randy also asked him if he wants to sign a release to be in the movie to which he's very excited about gene exclaims that he is going to be a star you're going to be a star the belcher family hasn't signed any releases yet they have oh that's actually a really good point if they don't sign it then they can't really be in the movie can they uh, animal control also says the only thing dangerous about this cow is how adorable it is animal control also tries to get bob to touch the cow put your hand on the cow and touch it to which the kids start chanting touch the cow touch the cow touch the cow uh, bob gets upset and storms off gene tells his dad to take a meat bath or whatever it is you people do and then we get the clapper explaining that the movie's going to be called dial m for mooder which i don't think is really an appropriate title when you think about it it's based off the 1954 dial m for murder directed by alfred hitchcock which is about an affair which leads to a murder plot oh wait i guess I guess the bob and melissa's relationship becomes very complicated uh louise is one of the first people to be interviewed. This doesn't speak to who Louise is. I don't know. Randy goes, do you think cows should be ground up for food? Louise exclaims, I don't care, but my dad loves grinding them up. Gives him a rush. Makes him feel alive. Daddy's a bad, bad man. That's a contender for a quote of the week. You know, it's funny because in the Human Flesh episode, Louise apologizes for making things hard for her dad and then immediately forgets that she's done that. She is a child, but also seems down for mischief. She is definitely a little mischief maker. The Bart Simpson archetype, perhaps, but with more love. Bart's more of a troublemaker. Bart straight does illegal things, doesn't he? Gene asks Randy if he's going to have a score for the movie and then offers quietly to be the music man, in which case he just hits the backbeat button. 
that's not it. But it was something along those lines. And at the end, it's just a dog barking. You know, I have 100% believed that that came from Friends, where Ross finds his sound. <laughs> it could be influenced by that for sure. Similar sound, similar vibes. They could have probably been a band together. Oh, yeah. If they were in high school at the same time. No, because they play the same instrument and they would be in competition bands together. <gasps> Keyboard off. Battle of the bands. Battle of the boards. Battle of the one-man bands. There you go. I'd watch that show. <laughs> After Gene tries to sell himself as the composer for the documentary, Tina finds the cow poop in the shape of a smiley face. Well, a smiley face emoticon. Or as the kids these days say, emoji. Emoji. Louise immediately sees an opportunity to with her sister. You think the cow's trying to communicate with emoticons from its butt? Interesting. Maybe trying to communicate the only way it knows how. With feces. And Louise exclaims like Graham Gam used to do. That's a little weird. Because later on down the series, we find out that Bob lost his mother before the kids were born. Their only Graham Graham is Gloria, who we've already met. So unless she went through a poop phase. Don't get her yum. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's Louise just doing Louise's thing and just saying things for the sake of being controversial. I don't see Gloria as the type to be uh, pooping all over the place. Because how many L's would have to go for can you spell Maximus poop? I mean, I probably could because I'm a prolific pooper, but I don't think the average person could, at least not in one go. So Louise's plan, this is sort of like the B plot to f*** with her sister, asks Linda hypothetically how to go about it. Linda offers up the frosting bag, which is gross because the poop has to get into the frosting bag somehow. That's like you talking about not wanting to touch the meat with your hands because it's all sticky and gross. Louise has to get poop in a frosting bag. Randy is really upset because there's a lot of people showing up to the restaurant. There's the signboard outside that says 100,000th burger, half price, conditions apply. Maybe it's got to be a burger of the day. Yeah, maybe. Is that when we see the admission accomplished? Must have been by now we've seen it. I yeah. actually, you know what? I actually missed it the entire episode because I think you only see it through the glass pane in the front of the store. There's very, very little action inside the restaurant this episode. It's all outside in front or upstairs. So people are still eating. They're sort of being overwhelmed with people. Gene approaches Randy again about the music score. He asks if their music budget is a million bucks. There's a, a battle of the megaphones. Bob exclaims that he doesn't want to be known as an evil cow killer. And Linda convinces him that it's the best free advertising they've ever gotten. There's no such thing as bad publicity. They're definitely having a way bigger crowd than they had any point except for the human flesh episode when they got 25 people at once. 25 people. Oh yeah, because the $50. See, there you go. The 25 burgers in a day. Bob and Linda have this conversation and they talk about the cow and the cow looks in. And this is when Bob and Melissa first really make eye contact and start building this connection. And I think this is kind of like the turning point of the episode. This is my favorite Linda quote and I think my favorite quote of this episode in general. Like sands through the hourglass, my teeth in your back. Yeah. Linda also says, hi, cow, I'm going to eat you. Nom, 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 which is my favorite. <laughs> but the like, like sands of the hourglass, there go my teeth through your back. It makes no sense. It's a very Linda-esque quote for sure. It's like she opened her mouth and hoped something funny would come out. Yeah, yeah. Linda does that a lot though. I can relate. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Tom, this is when we get to meet the proprietors of Mother Goose's Discount Petting Zoo. They show up asking about what's going on after Randy asks if they eat meat. And they're like, no, we never eat meat. We own a petting zoo. Petting horses, goats, and sheep. Precious memories on the cheap. I really like that. Yeah, if it rhymes. It grimes. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> if it rhymes, it cries. If it. If you can't take the rhyme, don't do the crime. If it rhymes, it brines. <laughs> uh, that night, Bob dreams of Melissa's murder. He sees uh, the Grim Reaper chopping Melissa up, and it reveals to be Bob. Bob was the Grim Reaper all along. And then it cuts to the court scene where Bob is on trial for murder, and Louise is representing him. Bob's on trial for murder? Murder. So I must dial in. <laughs> Louise, in her dramatic fashion, states that the cow is faking their injuries and throws something at the plate of dead cow, which is on the witness stand, which does not move. As Randy is trying to get the cow to tell the court who killed them. Bob admits it, though, and apologizes, to which Bob wakes up, saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, holding the cow's dead head. And when he wakes up, he's holding Linda's face, who's still sleeping, vaguely, which uh, is very reminiscent of this household because you sleep basically through everything. I thousand percent do. Once I am out, I am out. I have fallen in the shower several times and have not been rescued. Yeah, I didn't even get the ambulance for those. <laughs> there was no ambulance. I mean, the, the nice thing is that I can drop a lot of things and, and not be heard. Bob wakes up. He's holding Linda's face, exclaiming, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He looks outside. It's pouring rain. Poor Melissa's chained to the sign in the pouring rain. So Bob decides to bring them inside. That is pretty adorable. I think it's really cute, too. Cow is inside in the living room and Linda walks out uh, very upset understandably I would also be very upset if you brought home a cow would you be well yes because of the space and also the urine which we find very quickly because Bob says uh, you won't even know it's here and then the cow immediately pees there's a lot of these like sight gags quick switch gags I don't know what they would be called but a lot of these gags where they'll say something and then immediately something happens in relation like the blood and Linda the next morning Bob makes a really nice breakfast Jane says it's to impress the cow then we have our uh, our first spelling of a word, which I really like. Parent wants to swear, but parent can't in front of their kids. Yeah, that really doesn't work once a kid knows how to spell. It's true. And particularly a word like A-S-S. They're very excited that they get it right away, though. Yeah, it's true. So this must be a semi-common thing in the household. Tina gives the old wives' tale knowledge that a cow can't go downstairs. According to Britannica.com, cows can go down if you force them, but they are not evolutionary prepared for such steep slopes and foreign leg movement. They're not goats. <laughs> Bob tries to push Melissa down the stairs. And I thought this was interesting, too, because Louise made a comment. You know you'll push on a cow's butt for half an hour without asking for help. He wants that butt all to himself. But, I mean, that also kind of speaks to the patriarch of the house. You know, the typical man. I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to ask for directions. Yeah, Bob does exhibit those hetero, traditional, masculine qualities. Sometimes. Though this episode kind of laughs in the face of that a little bit. Maybe he just really wanted to touch Melissa's butt. Randy calls up and asks Bob where the cow is and there's this whole the who's on first where's the cow what cow where's the cow kind of thing and melissa's face shows up in the window just before gene louise offer a bubble bath for melissa and bob bubbles a bobble bath a bobble bath there are two days left on the cow and teddy shows up you get to see teddy in uh, another episode which is great i like uh particularly later on teddy does become a regular teddy is just a very lovable kind of guy uh randy immediately asked teddy if he wants to be part of the documentary 
documentary. Teddy clearly does not understand about where he's supposed to sign or what he's supposed to sign. He thinks he's signing an autograph for Randy, which I think is very adorable. This definitely feels like an improv interaction from yeah. the point of Teddy and Randy. You can definitely see that. Because we don't spend a lot of time during that day. We basically immediately go to the night again, or the evening, where they're having uh, family time and Tina's brushing the cow's hair and Louise is lounging on top of the cow. They're all kind of hanging out. Tina is trying to encourage a poop. Come on, you just have to relax. It's all about communication. Uh, and then later that night, Louise makes another emoji, emoticon, of an angry looking face. Sad, angry face. Angry eyebrow, sad mouth. It's one of these uh, emoticons. I know you can't see it, but you nailed it. Thank you. Tina and Melissa get into a little bit of a tete-a-tete, a little fight, where Tina exclaims that she doesn't want to say something that she'll regret, like that she loves horses more. I loved you like a horse, which is her favorite animal. I like that little exchange. Tina basically has a conversation with herself and then walks off. This is where, if you could ride cows, they will be the best animal comes from. The cow is gone. We cut to Linda putting four, four, wool, so- four wool socks, a mattress, and the will to make it happen. And uh, Melissa is down the stairs and outside. Linda tells Bob that his girlfriend is tied outside, but Melissa is gone. No! There's a very very Vader like no! It's really hard to tell. He may just really hate leashes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's one of my favorite gene lines. Uh, the restaurant is closed for a family emergency, suggesting that Melissa is part of the family. And we cut to the interior of the next door store, where Randy has set up and his editor is going through the footage. Linda thinks that it's a pervert that stole the cow. Tina has regrets over the fight. I wish Louise states, you wouldn't if you heard some of the things she was pooping about you. Gene is our little pet detective. (laughs) Just call him Gene Ventura. Because he discovers the thieves. It is the two owners of Mother Goose's discount petting zoo who speak to Randy briefly about where the cow is at night and then when Randy walks away they laugh maniacally it's actually kind of a scary laugh everyone rushes to Mother Goose's discount petting zoo and I'm going to say the full name because I think it's hilarious I am particularly fond of the t-shirt I would like one well we put up the call to fans and see if they can send one in or you could get me one that too cool we see the the set scenes for several storybook characters we see the hickory dickory dr mouse run up the clock it's two mice inside of a grandfather clock. The cow jumped over the moon. This is Melissa with a moon tied to her waist. The Baba black sheep, which is not black. It is a white and black sheep. There is a pink can. It's clearly recently yeah. painted black sheep. And uh, the little piggy went to market, which is a pig tied to a shopping cart. It's pretty horrific. The animals, aside from the sheep, look dead. Like the cow, the, the pig looks like a stuffed pig. Yeah, it's not great. It's not great. It's, it's more than discount. It's like... But it's bordering on Texas Chainsaw Massacre petting zoo. They come up with a plan to come at night because that way Randy can be more dramatic and they can use infrared. Ooh, infrared. And they sneak in. Gene is wearing uh, balaclava. He's the most properly dressed out of anybody in the group. Well, he's still wearing his shorts and t-shirt, which is wearing a balaclava over top, which I think is adorable. Well, you gotta hide your face and you need a freedom of movement. Well, yeah, the freedom of the mo- movement is really important. We, we hear from Louise and Jean. Louise tells her dad that she's in full attack mode right now. Gene agrees, saying that he has a, he's hungry for blood and candy. Again, Gene, delightful. He gets me. Everyone, the team, Randy, his crew, Bob, and the kiddos, are caught by the owners of the petting zoo. Louise and Gene launch into full attack mode and start biting on her. Nom, 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 nom. We see that when the camera falls out of the cameraman's hands and shows them gnawing her ankles off. Yeah, it's very cute. It's a good little infrared scene. If you really want drama, that's where to get it. Now, that brings up the question. 
kids or dogs? Which is the better battle beast? Kids. Follow instructions better or sharp nails, sharp teeth? I feel like you can distract a dog easier than you can distract a kid. That's Maybe. Right. Oh, I don't know. Candy? Mmm. Neither. A mix. A mixed bag of dogs. Kids riding dogs into battle. Oh, wow. That's a real uh, goblins on wolves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bob says that they managed to rescue Melissa because of the kids biting that woman. Jean says that she tasted like sawdust and goats. And the count countdown is over. I have a problem with that. Do you? I do. And here's why. Unless they had some ridiculous time shenanigans, then why is the countdown ending in the evening when it started in the morning? That's a very good question. Right? And I think the answer is nobody cares. <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> I definitely think that's a good point. It's, it's a nonsense point. It's a point that has nothing to do with the plot. It's true. Well, we see that a lot. It's like clocks in movies that are often showing the wrong time. Or drinks. That's always a thing that annoys me. Do you see a scene of someone drinking a drink and the glass fluctuates in volume of liquid? So animal control shows up, screeching to a halt right in front of Melissa, but not hitting, thankfully. In the middle of the night without being called. Middle of the day. They rescued her at night. This is still the same evening. Well, then what's your problem? The countdown. It's the middle of the night. Oh. Oh, it started in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Why is animal control coming in the middle of the night without being called? Maybe animal control lives on that street. I don't know, man. They needed to end the episode. Animal control shows up, doesn't hit Melissa, but Melissa dies of a cow heart attack. This is probably the scene that I laughed at the hardest. Just the cow collapsing? Yep, it was very fun to see the screeching to a halt and then just the, the placid look on the cow's face and then thump. Uh, animal control says, let me get something out of my car and then promptly drives off, <laughs> leaves the scene of the crime. Uh, Tina runs over to Melissa uh, and pleads to the butt to say something. And that's when she discovers the heart-shaped poop. Which she promptly decides to keep. She does decide to keep it. I don't think Tina hears Willie say, I didn't do that. Or maybe doesn't want to think her sister would have done that. Bob faints at the side of a dead Melissa. And this is where things get interesting. This is two episodes in a row where Bob has fainted. Oh, that's right. Faint of heart. Can't handle the sight of... Just a sweet, gentle giant of a man. First from a splinter and now from a splintered heart. Aww. Bob faints and we see Melissa and Bob sitting on a fluffy pink cloud. Melissa insists that Bob makes burgers out of Melissa as the only way to honor them. In which Melissa says, I'm a castrated steer. And Bob goes, well, I'm a married man. Same thing. (laughs) Classic 2011 joke. Yeah, yeah. Really doesn't play well anymore not my favorite and Melissa wants Bob to turn Melissa into something amazing which I think is kind of cute and then Bob and the cow make out you know, there's a real clarity of thought there that Bob comes to when he realizes that this is probably his subconscious telling him what he wants to hear well yeah for sure which is very interesting and then he reminds himself that it's working and just kind of rolls with it I mean the reality is cow's dead cow makes burgers burgers good and then Melissa and Bob decide to make out you know this just adds fuel to the fire that Bob is uh, positioning himself on the scale of sexuality that isn't entirely leaning one way or the other. Yeah, maybe. It's also weird that he's kissing a cow. You cut to him laying on the ground and he's slurping his tongue out all over the place. Linda says this is awkward. Starts moaning that this is delicious. Yep. Then we cut to Bob in the restaurant who has just made Melissa into a burger. He calls it the Rest in Peas Burger. Great name, Lazy Burger, because it's just a hamburger with snap peas and carrots on the side instead of fries. Like, is that the cows like carrots and snap peas? Is that how he's honoring the cow? I don't, I don't think there's very many things you could make a rest in peace burger out of. Well, you could still do peas, but you could put peas in the burger. Wasabi peas, maybe? Yeah. Wasabi peas would be dope. Yeah, make those into a nice uh, glaze. Or you crunch them and put them inside for a little 
French. But then I wouldn't like it. Yeah, that's fair. Bob speaks of Melissa, stating that Melissa has beautiful hair, soft brown eyes, a soft mouth, and also they are beef. They are the full package. I'm surprised that Linda wasn't getting jealous about that, especially after the kissing scene. That's true. That's true. I think Linda's pretty chill, though. And they probably needed it in the episode. (laughs) They needed to wrap right up. Speaking of, we end the episode with Jean exclaiming, Funeral people, time to party! And starts playing music. And this is the first time we don't hear the intro music as the outro music. It's Gene playing his keyboard and dancing like a little bandit. Shaking his groove thing. Shake his groove thing. Shake his groove thing. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely enjoyed this episode. It had a lot of interesting quirks. It had a lot of focus on Bob, but enough laughs and enough of the rest of the family putting in their two cents about everything that it made sense and was fun. I wish there's more Linda. And I know that we get lots of Linda but I really like Linda. You're right. I do think it's, it's it is overall a really enjoyable episode. There's some pretty good bark out laughs, like the cow just collapsing, hilarious. The continuing of kids making poop and fart and pee pee jokes, which I think is good. I don't mind when kids are doing it. The establishment of Randy as a character who will return. Overall, yeah, I'd say it was a pretty enjoyable episode. Does it match the IMDb rating? Seven point eight was it? Seven point six. I'd probably give it a little bit higher, but again, I'm like I don't think any Bob's Burger episode exists below an eight personal. I think it starts at 8 and goes up to 14. All right. Well, why don't we move on to the trivia and then the burger, and then we'll wrap up this episode ourselves. That sounds great. Robot voice. Trivia time. Mark trivia. Can I use my, can I reference my notes? Not for the trivia. Why not? Because that's. That's cheating. Let me spend five minutes reviewing. (laughs) All right, for your one point, what came out of Melissa's udder? Urine. Urine is correct. The next question is worth two points, and it has four answers that I need from you. That's a lot of answers. Name all of the emojis made by Zikalpupis. All right, heart emoji was the last one. Uh, Angry face was the second to last one. Smiley winky face was the third one. And Mm -hmm. the first one was um, smiley face was open mouth. That's what it was. You are in Winky face with an open mouth. Wow. Winky eyes with an open mouth. Wow. Changing your answer. You already gave me an answer. So? You're only going to get half points for that because you got two out of four right. I got more than that. First one was a standard smiley face, no open mouth. Second one. That is not correct. That is absolutely a thousand percent not hey, correct. You're not allowed to look at your notes. I'm going to prove you wrong right quiz now. Master. I am the quiz master. I am that guy who wanted to be a millionaire who was also on How I Met Your Mother. Regis is his name. You may call me Regis. See, winky face, open mouth. Cow in the shape of a... Oh, smiley face. Open yep. mouth, winky face. Yep. So right. one point for that one. You're not batting at 100 now. <laughs> what's the total score again? Oh, we'll work that out after the episode. All right, what's the third question? Your third question is worth three points. This one's a little more complicated. You can't. I can complicate them as much as I want because you are ahead <laughs> by so many points. That's really not if fair. I, if I was ahead by so many points, would you hit me with some softballs? I'm going to ask you really hard questions every single time. You already do. <laughs> they weren't that hard. I got half a point. <laughs> yeah, that's just All because... All six. How many times did you watch the episode? Four. <laughs> you think I'm joking, but I'm not. No, I'm not. I don't think you're joking at all. Okay. <laughs> 
Alright, so your third question worth three points. There are four answers to this question. Each answer has two parts. Is it related to Mother Goose's discount petting zoo? Well, why don't you let me ask the question and find out? <laughs> right, though. Name the four animals and the signs above them. Piggy went to market, and it's a pig attached to a shopping cart. It is Hickory Dickory Dock, and it is two mice as the clock pendulums, grandfather clock pendulums. Uh, cow jumped over the moon. And it is Melissa with a crescent moon tied to her waist. That's and the, the last, last one, one is Baba Black Sheep. And it is a sheep eating a little girl's dress. And extra points, the girl's dress is blue. What color is the sheep? Half black, half white. Thought I would have had you with that one. Nope. All right. You've got six points on this one. Congratulations. Applause in three, two, one. That does not sound applause. sounds like you're milking an udder. This week's burger of the day was the Mission of Cornplished Burger. The way I cooked this one up, started with a standard patty, using the beef, mixing in the corn salsa into the mix with breadcrumbs and egg. That way it would all stick together and be nice little patties. I cooked those up 350, 10 minutes in the oven on each side. And for the bun, we use regular buns, more of the corn salsa on top with cheese, onions, lettuce, and pickles for you. That is correct. Would you say that you accomplished this mission? It was almost a mission in corn possible. <laughs> so dumb. We have our burger review. Anybody who's been listening to us since day one would know that we have a 20-point scale, up to five points per category. Category one is umami, which is Japanese for savoriness. How many points would you give this for savoriness? I overall enjoyed the corn salsa. I like corn texture, and we'll get to mouthfeel in a second. But I like corn in general. It felt it wasn't very savory to me. It didn't feel like it had a lot of flavor. So I'm going to give it a three. You know, I, I was going to give it even a little bit less than that. Nice two. What's I, your logic? I think I should have used a more robust salsa. Because that was a very, very mild salsa. I should have gone with like a medium or a hot, hot, hot. Because we weren't using that much anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to go with a little two on that one. The mm-hmm. next category that we have is mouthfeel. How did it feel when you were gumming that thing down? I have teeth. Wonderful teeth. Sharp. Fang-like teeth. Like a shark. Honestly, mouthfeel, I'm probably going to give it a two. The really? patty was a little, like... Bob's mouth-esque. No, it felt like a little pasty. Like, it felt more like mush than a burger. I like the corn salsa. I wish there was more of it. I probably would have liked it without the cheese. Bun was fine. But yeah, there was just something weird about the texture of the patty that did not make my mouth feel good. I was going to do the other one with a nice uh, four for that one. Uh, the bubbly corn bits were nice, and the uh, patty was soft and not burnt crunchy. Mm-hmm. I've never been a big burnt burger guy. Even burgers that come off of uh, barbecue always end up being too crispy. See, on the other way, I like a little bit of char. I think it adds a little bit of flavor to the meat. So what did you give it for mouthfeel? Two. All right, I'm going to give it a four. All right. And next, we have emotional resonance. <laughs> Did it give you any feelings? Not really. I mean, I definitely like the corn salsa. I agree with you with the mouth popping bit. And I like corn a lot. Corn always makes me think of Mexican food. And I love Mexican food. So maybe I was hoping it was more like taco-esque. So I'm going to give it a three for emotional resonance. I'm probably going to give it a one for emotional resonance for me. Wow, you're being real rough today. Hey, I gave it a four for the last score. Okay, I'm going to change mine to a two then. It's really hard for me to judge these hamburgers because you cooked me dinner. So I want to make sure that you know that I appreciate the fact that you made me a meal without being too judgmental. It's a very fine line to walk. I don't have the uh, freedom of being the cook. And no, that does not mean I want to cook the next burger. You know, the freedom to cook kind of makes it harder for me to judge these as well. 
because I'm surrounded by the smells and the flavors and getting high on my own supply, some might say. Of meat? Yep. Some of the nibbles every once in a while, just a little pinch of... Of raw hamburger? Oh yeah, it's my favorite. You definitely shouldn't be doing that. Our last category is re-eatability. Would okay. you eat this again? One. One? Wow. I would not eat this again. Wow, that that's like if I presented it to you, throw it against the wall. I mean, no, I'll eat anything that you give me, because that's just how this works. Because you're cooking me dinner, but out, out of all of the burgers that we've had so far, this is my least favorite. Corn salsa would 100% eat again. Rest of the burger. So you're going one on that? Yep. No, I would eat this again. I'm going to give it a nice four. You're so weird. You knew this already. That's true. So my total, I think, is a whopping eight out of 20. Well, that's bad. I'm sorry, hamburger. Mine is 11 out of 20. That's also really bad. This is a failing grade. This is a real human flesh scenario. Put a big sign on the outside of this hamburger place. Do not eat here kind of situation. Where you would take the advice of the sign and I would not. I do think you said that you would eat human flesh last time. Yep. Okay, good. All right, let's Hey, if it's on. in burger form, sure. Thank you for listening to this episode of License to Grill, a Bob's Burger podcast. Join us next week where we discuss sexy dance fighting. Probably one of our favorite episodes. It's definitely the one that we quote the most. Mm-hmm. It's very rare that we don't go a week without saying Brazil, ponytail. Brazil, Brazil. and if you want to try and cook the burger of the day like we did on this podcast you can check our the description of this podcast for our amazon link to the bob's burgers burger book thanks everyone and that's all folks hi cow i'm gonna eat you like sands through the hourglass there goes my teeth right into your back oh bobby i'm freaking starving